Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. If anybody believes what that was saying right there, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise all over this place? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Can we get up for King Jesus in this place? Come on, give it up for Jesus. I love that. I love that. Well, I know you just had a seat just a second ago. But if you don't mind, would you jump up on your feet? Would you jump up on your feet? I want to welcome everybody that's watching online, uh, listening on the podcast. I know you may be tuning in. And if you're in the area, we're going to invite you to come and be a part inside the building. It's just better in the room. Come on, somebody, right? But we welcome you guys in. We're so glad you're here. So thankful for you. We start a new series today called Jesus is King. Somebody shout, Jesus is King. Come on, won't somebody shout it like he really is King. Say, Jesus is King. All right. Well, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Before we get started today, I, I want to just uh, just start out by reading. And again, I had you stand just in honor of God's Word. We're going to read together. We're going to throw an Old Testament. Everybody okay with that today? Can we go like old school, OT, Older Testament? Can everybody handle that? Come on, if you can handle that, wave at me like this. You can handle it. All right, this is what the Bible says. We're in Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 2. And we're going to read that. I'm going to read it off of the screen with you. Got my Bible here. It was really hard for me to like my old self. Couldn't read it out of there uh, in the first service. We're going to read this, uh, not together. I'll read it to us, and when we get to something, I'll have you shout it out. I want you to shout it out like it's your job. All right, everybody good with that? About six of you. Is everybody good with that? All right, let's do this. Exodus chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. This is God talking to Moses. Once you understand something, and Aaron. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. And if a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. We're going old school today. All right, everybody good? Everybody still with me? All right, here we go. Watch this. It says, divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. And the animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Somebody say, that's perfect. Good. All right, next, next slide. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of this first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. Everybody okay? Everybody with me? Stay with me. Here we go. They are to take some of the blood and they're to smear it on the sides and on the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. The same night, they must roast the meat over a fire, eat it along with the bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. And then, watch what it says, do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, legs, and internal organs, I told y'all we go on Old Testament today, all right? must be roasted over a fire. Don't leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever's not eaten eaten before the morning. These are your instructions for eating this animal. Be fully dressed. Another one says, tuck your shirt in. Another, another, I like that one a lot. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals. Carry your walking stick in your hand and eat the meal with urgency for this is the Lord's Passover. The next slide is this. On that night, watch what happens. I will pass through the land of Egypt and I'll strike down 
on every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I'll execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. I love that. I am the Lord, God is saying. But the blood on your doorposts, and he told you to put over the, the, the tops and the sides, the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Somebody say, Passover. I'll pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. So I just want to talk to you today, right there, that last little line. This is a day to remember. I want you to tap your neighbor and tell them the title of my message today. It's this idea that you need to let somebody know, don't let me forget. Tap your neighbor, say, don't let me forget. Tap your neighbor, say, don't let me forget. Tap your neighbor, say, don't let me forget. Don't let me forget. Don't let me forget. Awesome. Well, hey, let's, let's pray together. God, we come to you right now. And we just thank you for today. God, I pray that today that you would get glory. God, today I pray that your name would be lifted up. And today, God, that we would honor and glorify your name, which is above every name that's out there. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' mighty, powerful, awesome, magnificent, holy, righteous name that we pray. And everybody said, I said, everybody said, if you love Jesus, can we make a little bit of noise on the way to our seat today? Love it. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat, man. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so thankful for you. And I, I'm just really glad we're starting this series called Jesus is King. It's going to lead us all the way up to Easter, right? So Easter is three weeks from today. It's going to lead us all the way up to there, and I can't wait for that. It's going to be a great time again. As the gals said up here earlier, uh, AB and Katie, they said, hey, four services. And I'm going to ask some of you in the room that usually you, I know that 9.30 or 11 looks really comfortable for a lot of us. Um, but I'm going to encourage some of us to give up that 9.30 or 11 seat and come to that 7 or 8.15. Hey, we talked about always having a sunrise service on Easter, 7 o'clock is a sunrise service. Lord, help us. Like, I don't even know if the Lord's awake at 7 for some of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, but 7 a.m., be here. That would be awesome. 7, 8, 15, 9, 30, and 11. Obviously, that weekend's going to be incredible. Everybody you know, you need to invite them to the egg drops happening at Callaway County uh, football field. We're so thankful for the school system allowing us to do that again. Really thankful for that. Can't wait for that weekend. But I want to just share something really quick, and then we'll dive in together. Uh, this Wednesday is Big Wednesday. Somebody shout Big Wednesday. I don't know about you, but there's a, a times whenever I just feel like God is, is calling us as a church, honestly, something I felt in my spirit to, to just take a step forward when it comes to worship, when it comes to just uh, spiritually. And so this week, we're going to be praying like Wednesday night is big Wednesday. It starts at 7 p.m. Some of y'all in bed at 7 p.m., right? But I, we're going to have energy drinks outside for people. Coffee. I mean, that's going to wake you up, right? Uh, coffee, energy drinks out there just to kind of like, okay, anybody that's young kids don't need no energy drinks, right? I don't need any at 7 o'clock, but like that's going to be great. This Wednesday we'll have that for you. We're, it's going to be a great time just to come in this room and begin to just pray over what God is going to do over the next couple of weeks. I believe that God, where that people are going to just encounter Jesus this week as we sing, as we worship, as we pray. It's going to be a great time. Be here on Wednesday night. Some of y'all, uh, we have two services. I don't know if you know that, 9 and 1045 right now. And so maybe you didn't even know that you go to church with some people that are going to be in the room on Wednesday night. It's going to be fun just to gather all of of us together. Our, our youth is a part of it. Like we're not having like youth crew that night. We're not having any crews. We're all meeting in this room just to be able to go after the things of God. All right. So I want to encourage you put that on your calendar. It's going to be great. I can't wait for that uh, this week. All right. Everybody, if you're ready to jump in, say I'm ready. 
All right, because I'm ready for this new series that we call Jesus is King. And I'm excited about it. Uh, but I want to first start off by just asking, when I say the word goat, what immediately comes to your mind? Okay, I want you just to think about it. When I say the word goat, like what comes to your mind? Some of y'all, y'all are thinking this right here. You're thinking this, right? Right? When I say goat, like this is what you're, you're thinking about, right? Uh, how many of y'all was like, yeah, you said goat. I'm thinking of an actual goat. Come on, wave at me if that's you, okay? But when I say goat, maybe to some of the younger generation, when we say the goat, what we really mean is the greatest of all time, all right? So, so I want to understand, I'm going to take us on a little history lesson real quick together. Everybody good with that? Everybody okay with that? Let me just teach us some pop culture real fast. The greatest of all time when it comes to any sort of athlete ever is this guy right here. Y'all can fight me if you want, but it's this man right here, okay? <laughs> Who thinks that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, LeBron ain't got nothing on Jordan. If LeBron, if you're watching, we're sorry, but like... It's, it's Michael, okay? It's Michael. I, again, I grew up Space Jam. Like, Space Jam, the remix ain't got nothing on the original, okay? I'm just telling you, greatest basketball player of all time. Like, like even the commercials, like Mike. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember that? The Gatorade commercials, and it's like just this, this beat out there. Like Mike, if I could be like Mike. LeBron, you ain't got that. You know what I'm saying? Like... LeBron, you ain't got a commercial like Michael Jordan had a commercial, okay? And so this is the greatest of all time when it comes to sports, when it comes to athletes. To me, Michael Jordan just kind of encompasses that. Uh, okay, so the, let me just ask, who do you think, and you don't have to say it out loud, but just get in your head, who do you think the greatest entertainer is of all time? The greatest musician, entertainer? I got one for you. Are you ready? Show them. Woo! Uh, oh, I broke that. I think I broke my toes trying to do that. That was, eh. Okay, um. It's on camera. I really apologize for that. Um, this guy right here is the greatest entertainer of all time. I'm just telling y'all that they don't make music like this dude made music. And they don't dance like he danced. You know what I'm saying? Like, like anybody would happen to agree with me? Or we just like, okay. Nobody's like, no, I don't like Michael. Yeah, Michael's stuff is like, his, his music is so good. You know, life choices, not so much. The music, really good, okay? Okay, we can... He's a great entertainer, the greatest of all time. Okay, and, and then, and then we're, if we're talking about Olympian, we're talking about like just decorated athlete, we got to talk about this guy right here, right? Michael Phelps, he's the greatest swimmer, the greatest Olympian of all time. So like, we got Michael Phelps, we got Michael Jackson, we got Michael Jordan. If your name is Michael, you are great, okay? Just, you're just great. I'm really glad you're here. Being your greatness, like in your presence. I like that. So, so I, I, when I say GOAT, when I say the greatest of all time, those are some guys, some people in, the, in our life that what culture would say is greatness. And I think all of us would agree that, man, those are some great, uh, some of the greatest of all times at their specific thing that they do. But I just want to come to us today, and I taught over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to teach a little bit today, but I'm about to preach today, so I'm going to need y'all's help up in here, okay? So I need you to feel your feedback. I need you to kind of be leaned in take some notes, but today I just came to declare to some of us in this room that many people along the way have claimed to be leaders, many people along the way have claimed to be kings, many people have come along and said that they are the greatest of all time, but I just have to stand in front of you today with the microphone in my hand and tell you that there is nobody, there's nothing that compares to the greatness that is the person and the Savior of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the King. Come on, let's give him a big shout of praise if we're going give it. Like, that, that's what I want to know. Like, there is nobody in all of history who has had a greater influence on history than Jesus. I want you to write this down, is that Jesus had the greatest influence on the earth, dot, 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 ever. 
a.k.a. Jesus is the GOAT. Jesus is the greatest of all time. Jesus is king. And I, I love this idea that we're going to talk through over the next couple of weeks because what I want to do is just start to begin to tell us how, how much history, how much life, how much everything literally points to the person that is Jesus and that he is king. And did y'all know that, did you know that based off of this guy, and maybe you're, you're in here and you're skeptical of this guy named Jesus. I just want to just throw this out there really quick uh, just to talk about the greatness of Jesus. Did you know? That, that, that Jesus, like based off of this Jewish carpenter's uh, birthday, did you know that every race, every nation, every tongue, and every religion is actually telling time based off of this one man's life? Did y'all know that? This means yes in Kentucky, all right? So if you're like a little dog in a window, you know what I'm talking about, a little bobblehead, if you don't want to say nothing out loud, just yes. Okay, okay, cool. So did you know that? I don't know if, if we did. Maybe you didn't know that. But all of time is literally based off all of history is literally based off this man, Jesus' life that he lived. So maybe you've heard this before. Maybe in history class, you always heard the, the little uh, time stamp known as BC. How many of y'all have heard that before? Come on, wave at me. Come on, wave at me. If that's you, wave it around like you just do care. Come on, somebody. All right, good. Like, like, uh, okay, you've heard of that, maybe so-and-so, 410 B.C. Like, before Christ is what that stands for, okay? So what I want us to understand is that history is recorded that anything that took place before the birth of Jesus, there is a timestamp known as B.C. on it. So again, you probably read in history books before, this and this timestamp, uh, uh, this and this time, B.C. Literally means before the birth of this one man, before the birth of Jesus. Again, I want us to know that's a big deal. How many of y'all know that? That is a big deal that all of time is based off of this one man's life. Not only that, there is this other notation known as AD. How many of y'all growing up like me thought it stood for after death? Come on. Come on. Y'all just, just be it. Let's admit it in this room. I believe that. I always thought like before Christ, after death. AD. Yeah, I, I know. Actually, let's just learn a little bit together. It's actually a word uh, known as Anno Domini, which actually means the year of our Lord. So it doesn't mean 33 years after Jesus was born. A.D. started when Jesus was born. Like right at that moment, when Jesus was born is when A.D. actually began to start. And so like we, it is March the 27th, 2022 A.D. Okay, so like, like Jesus, when he died on the cross, would have died in 33 A.D. Okay, so what I also understand is that this idea of this guy being the greatest of all time, whether you love him or not, whether you acknowledge him or not, you've got to understand the greatness of this one man that lived. And the fact is, is that everything, everybody, all of us are telling time based off of his life. Like, this is a big deal. Can we all agree with that? That, that again, this is a large deal. And Jesus is at the very center of it all, whether you and I even acknowledge it or even know it, even Colossians and what Paul has to say gives some weight to this idea that Jesus is the greatest of all time. Look at what Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 through 17 says. I love this passage of scripture. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Somebody say goat. He's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. And he made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything. Somebody shout everything. 
everything was created through him and for him. He's the greatest of all time, y'all. He's the greatest. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. See, Jesus created everything, and everything that you and I see right now is being held together by him. I think we take the name of Jesus very for granted in the Bible belt of the world, right? We just think this idea of Jesus, yeah, I know about Jesus, I know him, but I want us to understand the greatness of who this man is. And he is so great that Jesus is the foundation of everything that is good in this world. He's the provider of everything good that I have, that I want, that I may need. Again, love him or hate him, you cannot deny him. And regardless of your opinion, you can't avoid Jesus. Heck, you can't even tell time without Jesus. Come on, somebody, right? That's how important and how incredible of a man this guy named Jesus is. And so what I want us to do and, and what I want to just take the next couple of weeks and do is really look at history, right? Look at the history of the Bible even and understand that God has been telling a story the entire time. And the story is, if you want to title it anything, the story of what God is trying to write is the name Jesus. It's the person of Jesus. He is trying to point everything to Jesus. And again, we don't just see Jesus show up at the nativity scene. We actually see Jesus show up in the B.C. Actually, before his life here on earth, that Jesus has always been the story that God was telling, that Jesus is the redeemer, that Jesus is the rescuer, that Jesus is the deliverer, that Jesus is the provider, that he's the way maker, and that Jesus is king. Come on, if we believe that, can we give him a big shout of praise all over this place? That's great, that's great, Dustin, but like, what's it mean for me? Like, what's it mean for my Monday through Saturday? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that help me? Like, what's that? I, I want to I teach us because this is what I know is that so many times we try and go live our own story. We try and do our own thing. But God is inviting us into his story. He's inviting you and I. And if we don't know his story, then we don't know what we're saying yes to when God is inviting us into that. So what I want to take just a little bit of time and just, again, point to this person known as Jesus being all throughout Scripture uh, from the beginning of time. That This story has been about Jesus. Think about just creation for just a second, right? We have to go back to the very beginning, and in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And it was dark, it was formless, it was void. Like, I want you to understand that in the beginning, God spoke and said, hey, I think there should be light here, and guess what happened? Light appeared. You know what? That, that happened in the very beginning, and again, I don't know what your thoughts and, and ideas are on this thing called creation. That's what we believe, that God spoke it and it happened, that it, it took a moment and it happened. Did you know, if you fast forward even to the life of Jesus, what did Jesus say that he was? Jesus said, hey, you know what I am? I am the light of the world, right? And in me, there is no darkness, right? So from the very beginning to even what Jesus is saying, hey, hey, it, it all makes perfect sense and all points to him. Think about this, that God, the Bible says in the very beginning that God's spirit hovered over the waters, right? I want us to understand that Jesus, when he came in and he was telling people who he was, he said, you know what? I want you to come to me if you're thirsty because I am the living water. That's the Jesus that we're talking about. I think about, again, the seventh day of creation was a day of rest, right? It was a day where God said, I'm going to Sabbath. I'm going to take time where I'm just going to enjoy creation that I've made. I'm not tired. I'm not sick. I don't need a break. But I'm going to model this for you because this is what I'm going to just kind of say is is a good thing for you to do, is to Sabbath, is to rest. What did Jesus say in the New Testament when he came? You know what he said? He said, 
said, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will come to me. And what will I do? I will give you what? Rest, right? I will be your Sabbath. And so ever since the beginning, from the beginning of time all the way through, I want us to understand it's all pointing to Jesus. Even Jesus himself had this to say in John chapter 5, verse 39. You search the scriptures because you think that they'll give you eternal life. So, so you're going back. He's talking to the Pharisees here, and he's saying, hey, guys, you're, you're reading all of that. You're reading it all, trying to just make sure that you go by the rules and do all of these things. But what I want to encourage you is what he says, but the scriptures you need to know, they point to who? Point to me, Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying they point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive life. See, what I want us to understand is that this entire book, Older Testament, Newer Testament, B.C., A.D., it doesn't matter. It all points to this person known as Jesus. And again, if you and I are reading any part of this Bible right here, and we're not looking at it through the lens that it all points to Jesus, then all we're doing is getting some good principles, but we're missing the entire point of the story that God is trying to tell. Again, there's this, the greatest preacher of all time. His name is Charles Spurgeon. You've probably seen some of his stuff shared online. He said this, and this is his words and they may look a little grammatically incorrect. These are the words that he said. Watch what it says. I have never found a text that had not got a road to Christ in it, right? Like this is literally coming out of Charles Spurgeon's mouth saying, you know what? I want you to understand that anytime I read the Bible, everywhere that I look, there's not a text one that doesn't have a highway back to the person that is Jesus. And again, I just want to start off today by just encouraging us, by just encouraging you that guess what? It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, how long you've been there, how many times that you've been there. There is a story that is written. His name is Jesus, and he came so that you and I might have life and have it more abundantly. Come on, is there anybody thankful in this place for that God? So I want us to understand, okay, how, how do we find Jesus through it all? Like, how are we going to do that? I'm going to throw out some ideas that I've heard from Pastor Chris Hodges, uh, Pastor Rich Wilkerson. I've heard them talk about some of these things before, and I want to throw them out to you. And I want you to just take some good notes on them. Like, how do we find Jesus in the Old Testament? These are some things that I've learned along the way. The very first thing that we can learn, how we can find Jesus in the Old Testament, is this one. I want you to write it down. It's this thing called prophecies. Okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna teach today. Everybody okay with that? And then we're going to preach a little bit after that. Okay, everybody good? Prophecies. How, uh, what are prophecies? What even is that? It is a, a, a spoken word that happens literally before it takes place. And so what I want you to understand is that the Older Testament, through prophets, that God would speak through these men and, and these people in the Older Testament of the coming Messiah, of, of things that would happen. And you've got to understand that all of the prophecies that were fulfilled, that Jesus fulfilled, like it's near impossible to do any of them if you're just ordinary. You've got to know that. It's not impossible that all the things that happened that, that Jesus did, like, like nobody could do. We couldn't do that. Only Jesus could do that. It could only be that. Like a prophecy that we're going to talk about in just a few weeks uh, is this idea of the, the, the triumphant entry on Palm Sunday. Right, Palm Sunday, we know it's the week before the kind of the crucifixion that takes place and Jesus is coming into town and they're saying, oh, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And what we see there is they're praising him, but did you know that 400 years before that, it was already prophesied that the Savior of the world would ride into town on a donkey. Okay? Like, you got to understand, all through the Old Testament, there are things that are pointing to Jesus through these things called prophecies. Everybody okay? Everybody good? 
It means yes in Kentucky. Some of y'all are like, uh, okay, okay, okay. Let's keep going. How else do we see Jesus in the Old Testament? Through these things called titles. Titles. So if you're reading the Old Testament, you'll see, and I say older and not Old Testament because I think so many of us think that the Old Testament doesn't matter. But in fact, it does. It's just literally pointing to the person of Jesus. It's not old and we should forget it. It's setting a good, a good pace. And then Jesus comes and fulfills all of the things that were talked about in the Old Testament. So that's why I say older, just so y'all know. Okay? Everybody good with that? Okay, cool. So this thing called titles, this idea called titles, like if you read the Old Testament, you will find that there are titles like the son of man, alpha and omega, the suffering servant in Isaiah where it's talking about Jesus hundreds of years before he was to come. He would be the suffering servant. Uh, In Exodus, if you go and read that, he talks about I am as a title. And what did Jesus do when he came in the New Testament? He's telling all of us, hey, you know what? I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. I am the resurrection and the life. So I want us to see, even in the Older Testament, when these titles come up, they're all still pointing to the person of Jesus. Everybody still good? Everybody still good? All right, good, good. The next one is this. I want you to write this down. It's this idea of types. It's this idea of types. Now, what does that mean? How in the Old Testament are there types that would point to Jesus? Types would be like almost these people in, in, a, in a sense that, that, again, kind of foreshadow or kind of Jesus fulfills everything. So let me just let me say it like this. Um, in the Old Testament, there would have been high priests, right? That would have been the person that you would communicate to uh, in order for your sins to kind of be covered. And, and again, kind of the ability to cover, like, like do the animal sacrifices, all that kind of stuff back then. That took place. The high priest was the person that you would go to in order to have access to God, right? And what we know in the New Testament and what we see in Hebrews is that Jesus is our great high priest, right? That he fulfills that very thing, that we no longer have to do it that way. Jesus fulfills it and says, you know what? Through me, you can come to heaven. Through me, you can have intercession with God. You can actually talk to God because of what I've done, because I am the great high priest. Everybody good? All right. Uh, that's, the, that's the thing called types. Another kind of version of types would be uh, the first Adam and the second Adam. Like we know the first Adam in the Bible was Adam and Eve in the garden. And what did they do? They went and they, they, they sinned against God. And through one man, sin and death entered the world. But we find out that Jesus is the second Adam. And that in a garden, originally sin broke the world. But in a garden uh, down the road that Jesus was in was where literally satisfaction and, and freedom and, and forgiveness was coming into the world through the second Adam being Jesus. And so I, I I think we got to see that. That's something that's happening in the Older Testament that points to Jesus as well. This next one, I want you to write this down. It's a fun word. I want you to use it in a sentence this week somehow, okay? Even if it's wrong, just use it. Here we go. Christophanes. Woo, that's a fun word right there, right? Man, Christophanes. That's a, that's a wild word, but I want to just tell you what that means. You know what that means? That literally means that Jesus himself in bodily form would show up in the Older Testament. Like Jesus would show up in the Old Testament in his body, okay? So like when you're talking about Jacob wrestling with God, how many of y'all have heard that story before? Maybe you've heard that. He's physically wrestling with a man. This is what is considered a Christophany where Jesus himself would show up in the Older Testament in his bodily form, right? Then I want to talk about another one that that all of us get real excited about, and I really love it a whole bunch. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anybody ever heard of those dudes right there? Okay, maybe you have, maybe you have. 
have it. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were some Israelite boys that, that were living in a kingdom that did not want to have anything to do with God. Right? A very pagan culture, like worshiping everything other than the one true God. Sounds familiar for us, right? Sounds familiar for what kind of what life is for you and I in the world that we're growing up in, that they don't want anything to really do with God. And, and again, in the midst of that culture that is bowing down to everything else, these three boys stand up for what is good, for what is right, and they do an incredible thing. I don't know anybody remember the Veggie Tales version of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's where I grew up, right? That's where I thought, you know, Rad, Shaq, and Benny. Come on, somebody, right? Like, that's them. And, and King Nebuchadnezzar, right? King Neb in the, in the VeggieTales had this huge chocolate bunny. Come on, somebody, right? Anybody been there? Anybody remember that? Okay, that's where my mind goes when I start thinking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? But there was this huge statue that King Neb had built, and he said, hey, if you want uh, to, to live, you need to worship, and you need to bow down to me in this statue. And these three Hebrew boys, Rad, Shaq, and Benny, they say, nope, not going to do that, not going to bow down. And King Nebuchadnezzar, what's he say? He says, okay, boys, I'm going to give you another shot. You don't do it, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace, all right? So he, he, they give him another shot. They don't do it. Next thing you know is King Nebuchadnezzar is so mad, so upset that he says, turn that thing up seven times hotter. Like, let's get it seven times hotter. And then watch what happens. Christophany, where Jesus shows up in the body form in the Old Testament, do y'all remember what happens? He throws them in the fire. And guess what? You would think chemicals and law of, of physics would say that they would burn up instantly. But what happens is the fact that they're walking around inside the furnace, okay? They're walking around, and the Bible says that, hey, hey, like, and I just think about the, the guy on VeggieTales. He's like, hey, boss, they, uh, didn't we throw three guys in there? Something like that. Like, it was really fun. But, but he says, no, 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 no. I, I count one, I count two, I count three, I count four people in there walking around. And the fourth one looks like the what? The son of man. Right, so this is literally where in bodily form, Jesus is showing up called a Christophany in the Old Testament. Is that helping anybody today? Okay, good. Two more things, and we'll talk about the last one kind of together. Uh, this idea called like experiences. I know that's, again, some things that you're trying to learn. I'm learning through this of what like experiences were like. So in the Old Testament, there again, there are characters that lived in their life that, again, are pointing to Jesus, David. Esther. Uh, think about Jonah and the fact that he went into the belly of a whale or a big fish. He went into the belly of a fish, right, for three days and then he came out. Guess what? That is just a like experience of the fact of what Jesus did when he, was when he was crucified, when he went to the belly of the earth, when he gave his life and then he came back to life. That's kind of a like experience. Everybody good? And the last one is this. Okay, I'm teaching us, and then I'm going to preach for us in just a second. Just this idea of an event, right? There are events that took place all throughout the Older Testament that point to Jesus, that Jesus ultimately fulfills. I want us to know that. And again, that's kind of where our Exodus chapter 12 comes in that we read at the very beginning of today, right? This idea that, that Jesus um, uh, would fulfill what these things, these events that took place. And I want to spend a little time talking about the fact of one that Jesus fulfilled. See, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, Paul is saying to you and I, he says, Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or what you drink or for not celebrating 
certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. See, what you need to understand is that people were debating on whether or not they should do things, these festivals, these big events, like the, these ideas, right? That They were debating that. And he goes on to say, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. So another version says these are the, uh, th- that there are shadows of the substance that is Jesus. So what I want us to understand is all of those things are mere shadows foreshadowing about the person of Jesus, about who he is. So again, the one I want to talk about today, I just want to just kind of take us on this journey, is this idea of the Passover. How many of y'all have ever heard the word Passover before? Come on, wave at me real quick. Okay, cool. So we'll walk through this really quick, give you a little bit of context with this idea of what Passover is. Passover is this idea that a couple thousand years ago, obviously, there was these Israelite people known as God's people that were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. They were in slavery. And, and what happens, there's this guy named Moses. How many of y'all heard of Moses? You heard of him before? God looks at Moses and says, hey, Mo, I want you to go set my people free, right? Mo, I want you to go do that. We're going to call him Mo from now on, okay? Like, Mo, we're gonna, I need you to go set my people free. I need you to go do that. And Moses, like a lot of times when God asks you and I to do something, we're like, no, 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 God, I can't do that. Right, I know what you're asking me, but God, no, no, no. And Moses says, you know what, God, I'm disqualified. I have killed a man before. I stutter. Like, I, I am, I, there's no way that you can use me, God. You got the wrong guy. How many times when God asks you and I to do something, do we say the exact same thing? You know what, God, you got the wrong person. Not me, I couldn't do that. There's no way that you could use me, my past, what I've gone through, what I've been through, what I'm doing. There's no way. But God says, no, 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 that's not the case. I, I want to use you. And so, ultimately, Moses goes to this guy named Pharaoh, who's in charge of all of the, all of the time, uh, these people and all of the, the land and the government government that's going on in Egypt. And he says, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in Sunday school. So we said, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. That's all to say people in the room right there. All right. So we, we used to sing that at vacation Bible school when I was a kid, all that kind of stuff, right? So, so Moses, go up to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Huh, all right, like, let, let's do that. And Pharaoh's like, why would I let all these people go? Like, this is free labor. It's 2.5 million people. They all working for me for free. Why in the world would I do that? Next thing you know is God sends these things called plagues um, that are not fun for that whole entire region, right? One of those plagues is frogs. Come on, how many of y'all are freaked out by frogs? Anybody? Allie, my wife, she hates some frogs. I mean, we got them on the porch at the house, and she just hates looking out the window with little splatterly hands on her. She just don't like it. Can you imagine them up in your bed everywhere, okay? Like, they're everywhere. You try to go to the back, they're everywhere, okay? They're all over the place. Frogs is one of the plagues. There is hail that comes down from, um, that, ain't like the, that ain't like the place, hail. Like, you know, hail that comes down from, from the sky and crush their crops. You know, some, I got a dialect sometimes. You got hail. No, no. Okay. Sorry. Edit that out of the video, please. Thank you. Um, hail that comes and destroys the crops, and then you got locusts, and you got water to blow. You got all these plagues that take place, right? And then the very last one is the plague of death, which gets us to Exodus chapter 12 that we read at the very beginning. 
Okay, I want us to understand. It all connects. This idea that there would be this, this, this uh, that the death angel that would pass by your, your house if you were to take a, a male lamb without defect, slaughter it, put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, eat the lamb's meat in any of the places that did not have that lamb's blood, that, that, that the firstborn would die. And again, finally, after that took place, like Israelites were free, Pharaoh and the Egyptians said, go, man, Mo, y'all got to get out of here. You got to get, take whatever you want on the way out. And on the way out, did you know that they plundered all of Egypt? They literally turned from slaves to millionaires overnight. That's the God that we serve. That's the kind of God that we serve. The Pharaoh says, no, no, no. Hey, hey, before you go, I know you just took all of our stuff, but can you, can you bless me? Like, how crazy is that? That the enemy of their soul, before they left, wanted to literally have them bless him. It's incredible to me. Again, God tells Moses, though, as what we read in Exodus chapter 12, that before you go, before you leave this place, you are going to take a period of time every single year that you pause, that you party with the purpose, and that you spend time remembering what just took place. Because this is not normal what just happened. you got to take some time to where you remember what I just did in the fact that I set you free, that I was a God who was faithful, that I was a God who set you free, that I was a God who protected you, delivered you, never left you, never forsake you, because your future and where you're going is dependent on what you remember that I've done for you. And this is what I want us all to write down is this idea you and I have to remember how good God was in the past so that you can walk boldly into the future. You got to remember how good God was in the past so that you can walk boldly into the future. See, some of us in this room today have walked in here saying, you know what I want to do? I want to give up. I want to end my life. I want to end the relationship. I want to end this. I want to do I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to quit. But I just came to remind some of us today in this room, and I'm about to preach, so I need y'all to help me out right now, right? Is this idea before you give up, before you quit, before you throw in the towel, I need you to look back at yesterday and remember that you and I serve a faithful God, a gracious God, a merciful God. Is there anybody that's thankful for that kind of God today that we serve? you got to remember that God took 2.5 million people overnight, turned them from slaves to millionaires. Remember that 2.5 million people who were slaves are now free. They're on their way out, and on the way out, the oppressor asked him to pray for them. Asked him to pray. That is so powerful to me. That's the God that we serve. We serve a God who turns things around. We serve a God who is a promise maker and a promise keeper. And my heart for you guys, write this down, is our faith suffers when we forget what I tell you the title of today's message was it's this idea don't let me forget don't let me forget our faith suffers when we forget see I know that there are people in here you're not satisfied with where you are in your life but before you give up before you start to complain about today I would encourage you take a stroll down memory lane look back at your yesterday and if it wasn't for a gracious God a faithful God you and I would have never made it this far 
I've got to say, guys, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be in this position had it not been for God. I think about that, some of you, and I want you, I want you to think about your life. There needs to be some people in this room that you can walk into whatever God has called you to, knowing that in the past, He has been good, He has been faithful. Some of you in this room need to praise Jesus and remind yourself, don't let me forget, you know what? I should have died in that car wreck, but Jesus. I should have had leukemia take me out, but Jesus. I should have not had a baby and been able to be a mom or a dad but Jesus I should have never made it out of that home situation and that life of growing up but Jesus I should have never passed that test but Jesus I should have never gotten that job but Jesus I should have never I, I should have never been able to do what I'm able to do but there was a gracious and faithful God and I just wish I could get a room full of people to take five seconds and worship God for all that he's done in your life come on because our faith suffers our faith suffers when we forget our faith suffers when we forget come on why don't everybody everybody jump up on your feet everybody on your feet listen to me you know what remembering does remembering leads to rejoicing you know why purpose church is a party i remember who i was before jesus and I remember what he saved me from. And I remember how gracious he's been in my life. I sat in this service, in the first service, we had three people in this service that, um, that, that I looked at, that I saw out in the lobby. Bay Lawrence was one of them. Come follow me. I'm sorry, camera. Everybody. You awesome gal. Because this guy right here, me and Bay Lawrence, were three people who had the exact same leukemia. They had the exact same cancer. And that little guy right there, Peyton Dawson, Bay Lawrence, I saw them out in the lobby, and I just got to thinking on a day like today where I'm celebrating, when I'm remembering the faithfulness of God, it leads me to rejoicing. It's the fact that I see two young people that are out in the lobby that just like me had leukemia, but God wasn't finished, and God wasn't done, and I'm just remembering how good he was, how faithful he was, and the fact is that leads me to rejoicing. So remembering leads to rejoicing why is it a party around purpose church because we remember who we were before jesus i remember who i was and i love this i love this story so much love this idea that what even paul is saying in philippians chapter 1 verse 6 being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I believe that with all of my heart. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so glad you're in the room. And maybe my challenge for you today is just that you need to remember all that God has done. Remember that all that God has done in your life and my life. And it will lead to rejoicing. And I want to just kind of land the plane on this. God is saying, hey, to these guys, these people, I want you to have a party every single year. Again, we're going to celebrate a party of what Jesus has done in a few weeks. This fact that he's out of the grave, that we serve a risen Savior, and we are going to party. And it's going to be loud, just so you know. It's going to be just one of those things that, man, we want to be loud at a basketball game. Absolutely, I love that. I want to be loud, but, man, I want to get loud about the things of God. And the thing is, is, again, God is telling these guys, don't forget to do this. Don't forget. This took place, the Passover did, about 1,500 Anywhere between 1500 BC to 1300 BC. So, 1500 BC, you gotta understand every single year, for 1500 years, they must celebrate, excuse me, the Passover meal every single week or every single year. Now, the year is 33 AD. And in Luke 22, we see Jesus sitting down with his disciples. 
and what we call the Lord's Supper. But you know what it's actually called? It's the Passover meal. They're celebrating Passover. They're Jewish men that are getting together and they're remembering the faithfulness of God. And I love what Luke chapter 22, I want you to go and read that this week. Jesus does something so scandalous, y'all. Like I'm talking scandalous. You know what? Hey, we're supposed to be gathering together to remember what happened thousands of years ago. Right? Is what he's telling these guys, what these guys are thinking. They're thinking, okay. And what does Jesus do? He grabs the bread. He breaks the bread. He grabs the cup. He passes the cup. And he says, hey, guys, do this in remembrance of what? So, so don't do it in what happened thousands of years ago. I'm the fulfillment of what happened. You need to do this now in remembrance of me. I, hey, Jesus, I thought we were celebrating like the Exodus. And you know what Jesus is saying? I am the Exodus. I, I thought we were getting together to celebrate what happened, you know, like where, where physical freedom was, was free for God's people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're celebrating that. But you know why we're celebrating? We're celebrating because I'm getting ready to go to the cross. And the fact is that you, I'm willing to pay for your spiritual freedom. That's why you need to do it in remembrance of me. See, the Last Supper is greater than just the, even the original Passover because physical freedom took place in the Passover. But spiritual freedom is what Jesus offers to you and I. See, this is the first time that as they're sitting around eating lamb on the table, that the lamb of God is actually sitting at the table, right? This is what the Bible says, John 1, Look, behold, Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth, takes away the sins of the world in the same way that the Lamb was slain before Christ to deliver the Israelites. The Lamb known as Jesus Christ was slain to deliver all of humanity from our sin. Is there anybody in this room that's thankful that Jesus came, that He died, that He lived a perfect life, that He was the spotless Lamb that paid for your and my sin? Is there anybody that's thankful? I wish I'd get a room full of people to say, you know what? We're thankful. We're loud. Thank you, Jesus. I'm remembering. Leads me to rejoicing. Man, everybody okay? Woo, that's like a wow of a, I don't even know what just happened the last 40 minutes, right? That's, that's deep, I know. I mean, I want to just take us on this journey because, guys, we got to remember so that we can rejoice. i got to remember who I was before Jesus. So you know what? I'm going to do whatever I can to have somebody sitting next to me who's far from Jesus. I'm going to remember how good he was so I can go out there and take those invites in my seat and go to Walmart and invite some stranger I've never met in my life, but I feel like God is telling me to. You know why? Because I'm remembering who I was before Jesus. And I just want to encourage you today. I want to strengthen your faith today. Let's remember because our faith suffers when we forget, but remembering leads to rejoicing. One more time, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place? Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're in here and you've never said yes to that. Never said yes to that, that sacrifice that Jesus made. I want you to understand that you and I can try and be good. We can try and have our stuff together. We can try and have our life together. But we'll never be good enough to earn the salvation that Jesus offers through his life. So maybe you're in here and you need to make that decision. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. And you need to make that decision to say yes to Jesus today. If that's you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. You're in this place, you're watching online, you're listening on the podcast. Maybe today is that decision day for you, that you need to say yes to Jesus. And you need to say yes to everything that, that he has offered you, saying yes to, to the, the decision of, of, of the fact that he has came, he's given his life for you and I. So I'm just going to ask you, maybe that's the decision that you need to make today. 
You need to clarify. You need to just tell Jesus that He is Lord of your life and just ask Him to save you. If that's you, I want you to say something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word. But I want you to say something like this. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that my sin has separated me from you. But I believe that because of what you've done, Jesus, on the cross, I put my faith and trust in you today. Forgive me. I know I'm lost without you, but I'm saved with you. So forgive me of my sins. Save me. Set me free. Help me live for you from this day forward. I'm going to remember this day. It's going to lead me to rejoice tomorrow. God, I thank you for saving me. Maybe that's you in this room. Maybe that's you online. Maybe that's you on the podcast. We just want to tell you you just made the best decision that you've ever made in your entire life. And we're just so proud of you. We want to be a church that comes alongside of you and celebrates that. And just tells you we love you and we value you. And so if you're in this room, in just a second, there is a card in your seat. I'd love if you just turn around and grab that card. If you just prayed to receive Jesus today, grab that card. And at the bottom of that card, I think it's actually on the back side of that card, there is a spot that says, Today I said yes to Jesus. If you could just check mark that. It lets us know that. But then also I want you to bring, we're going to have some friends up here in the front of the auditorium in just a second. Then I'm going to count to three. I want you to move. Our team is going to move. They're not going to go outside, team. But y'all are going to move just so you know you're not the only one moving. You're not the only one moving. So if you just made that decision to say yes to Jesus in this room, I'm going to ask you to move on the count of three. One, two, three. Bring that card up here to the front. If you don't mind handing that to one of our, our incredible team members that are down here. We'd love to celebrate with you. love to give you a Bible. If you're watching online or listening on the podcast, just text the word PURPOSE, P-U-R-P-O-S-E. 270-229-6488. All right. All right, all right. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.